I'm AJ Bianco from Podcast PD, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows in the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back, folks, to the High Tech Podcast. This is one of your hosts, William Illingworth, joined by my fellow host, as always, Joshua Swartz. How you doing, my friend? Yep, I'm doing... I'm here. But it's <laughs> yeah, the High Tech Podcast. A, it's <laughs> been a day. It's been a day, folks. Um, but I this, made it here. He did. You did. Through hell and high water, you are yes. here. Well done. Uh, it is episode 127, and uh, we're Ooh. tired, so let's kick over to the interview. No, I am joking. It's not going to be that short. <laughs> yeah, we got to at least make sure things. you know it's the second episode of the Ted sweet. Lasso Goes to College series. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. In this episode, this uh, so last episode we talked about the ensemble. We set ourselves up with like what Ted Lasso mm-hmm. is, what we're doing with the series, the ensemble yep. characters. This episode we'll play we're some music. Into... I did too. We were in an ensemble. That's not true. I we was the... The, the, the uh, symbol guy? Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the monkey. <laughs> That's me, all right, trained monkey. Yeah. This episode, we're going to get into Roy Kent specifically. We're going to look at teaching and learning. We're going to look at Ted Lasso through the eyes, the lens of Roy Kent, detail it, ask questions, suggest ideas, pontificate. Josh continues to pull me out of just talking about Ted Lasso explicitly. Yeah. Only, you know. So. This is, inadvertently, the High Tech Podcast will become a Ted Lasso podcast out of this. It'll just be, it'll be become careful, the folks. High Ted Lasso podcast. That's that's a different <laughs> podcast. It's a different vibe. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm not into that one. Thank you, though. No, no, it'll be fine. We, I'd give it a try for a week. Uh, <laughs> but more importantly, with... <laughs> More importantly, in this episode, we're not only talking about Roy Kemp, but we're doing it with our good friend, colleague, Justin Harbin, Dr. Justin Harbin. We're thrilled to have him back. It's been a little bit since he's been on the podcast, so we're going to get into it. Dig into Roy Kemp with Justin, hear a little bit about Chelsea football, hear hear a little bit about tons of authors we cannot pronounce, and Josh and I just look at each other like, what? He makes no, most no of Greek philosophers this time. That's though. true. He didn't drop those in. He's he's fallen behind a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll catch up. Yeah, it's fine. so. Without further ado, let's turn it over to Justin and the crew. We'll take apart Roy Kent. Episode two in our series: Ted Lasso goes to college with our good friend and faithful colleague, Doctor Justin Harvin. How are you doing tonight, my friend? <laughs> I am fantastic. I'm so excited for this conversation. My favorite character in the series. I'm quite now, I'm quite chuffed, as the Brits would say. <laughs> and 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 I, I have to I have to lean into that. I think you might be the most qualified besides myself Ooh, to speak in this series. Man. For the fact that you spent time in London this year. That's true. Yeah. yeah well, I was only there for I wasn't there for a ton of time. We were in Oxford most of the time. We were there for a month. Um, oh, okay. I am a You're certified ang- Anglophile. Um, I am wearing my my Chelsea jersey. Um, hey, put that Roy down. Kent. We're not sponsored. We're not sponsored. I'm joking. Oh yeah, my <laughs> bad. My bad. Yes. Um, Roy Kent as a former Chelsea player. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, they're looking for a sponsor right here. So yeah, um, I hear they're no. looking for a podcast. Chelsea, if you're looking, we're right in your alley. I can feel it. The High Tech Podcast brought door. to you by Chelsea. 
Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I so I'm I'm so jazzed. I uh I literally just finished uh my mug of tea, which I bought in England this summer, and uh yeah, I'm well You're I'm there. well prepared. I'm I'm quite excited. I love that. All right, so here's the first question though, just to get ourselves oriented. Uh, this is the second episode. People are gonna we've recorded these all out of order, and by the time you get to the fifth episode, this is gonna be old hat. But we we're starting with you, um, mm. doing a quick rating to get a, a a good semblance for our audience where you stand yeah. on a scale of one to ten, a Likert scale, if you will. Uh, how much of a fanatic are you of Ted Lasso? Yeah. One knowing, being not a fanatic at all, ten uh, being like maybe my Padawan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I gotta wrap my head around the scale first. Um, that's <laughs> His the, I, I have. Oh man, I I would probably say an eight. Okay. Um, Ooh, okay. I'm pretty picky with my TV shows. I had some. I I didn't like when uh, in the final season here when they they made episodes longer. It felt like oh, things could languish okay. a bit. It stretched it out a bit. There was a couple of choices. I'm like, eh, you know, um, maybe eight's too harsh. Um, well, I'll, but, I'll uh, put a couple qualifiers in there. Have you watched any okay. season more than once? Not a full season. Okay, you've twice. watched. You've done some re- some rewatches, some episode rewatches. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Have you listened to a podcast? TV time is limited, so that's fair. I that's have fair. listened to a podcast. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Um, do you own any AFC Richmond merch? Um, I can't say I do. <laughs> uh, I only cheer. I only support one club, um, <laughs> which I was very excited to see featured. We'll um, we'll just drop him down to a five. That's just that's but. A, yeah. But you were just just in prep tonight, you were telling us about how you were telling your son to play Richmond in FIFA 2023. It's true. Yes. And, and I can, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. And yeah, Roy had to be on the field. He had to be on the pitch. I don't know why Ted didn't start him. It was kind of disappointing to see that. Because um, we, we asked this. It's it's to help our listeners kind of get yeah. like, are you credible? We want to know if you're credible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But... <laughs> This is the last episode we're recording and we've gotten sixes. <laughs> we've gotten like sevens and eights. Yeah. Wow. Pretty, we've been, pretty good, we've been pretty learning that a qualifier might be how much you watch the show, how much you've watched it multiple times. We'll find out next episode uh, how that popped up. Uh, Rob yeah, is going to be yeah. joining us and that, that came up. Um, but yeah, it's always curious. That's the scale is yeah, definitely like, one being not loving the show, 10 being like you're still under Will because he's probably at a 13. Like that's kind of <laughs> the dynamic, yeah. right? So like <laughs> that's good. I, I hold vigil. Good. He does. Right. I the term we've been using now is he's a Ted Vangelist, you know, like a televangelist. Yeah. He's a Ted Vangelist. I whole I can get behind this. I um <laughs> I'm a big fan of that situation. Yeah, I, I think I was always going to be biased towards it because I'm such a big Premier League fan. I'm a, I've since, I don't know, for the last maybe two decades, I've been a card carrying member of the Chelsea and America fan organization. We just saw him this a summer. Car- I was at the stadium Whoa. in London. carrying. You have a card? Yeah, I didn't know they yeah. still do that. The, All right. They do. We'll do something. Sure you go get the card. <laughs> it, Josh, tell a joke. I do. <laughs> I could like go the get only time I remember being a card carrying member is like, I got like the Justice League card in the comics, you know. Like I don't know, I've ever been other than my Costco card. Those are those are my card carrying memberships right now. Yeah. Well, like I think it's the numbers. If I want to be as a person living in the states, if I want to go see a, a game in in England somewhere, whether it's home or away, um, 
I have to go through a specific organization. Seats are really limited at their stadium. So, um, so I have to have the number, I guess is probably what it is. Okay. But, okay. That's what yeah. I have the card cool. quite proud of it. Yeah. That's amazing. That's Very amazing. Cool. So I'm always, always gonna be biased. And even when Ted Lasso was merely a skit in a commercial for NBC sports. Yes. Yes. Ten, um, yeah. That I was so excited. I was like, finally America, this is going to start to grow. And it really has, it really has grown the popular of the sport, having the premier league, coverage on tv on saturday mornings and things like that so well and right off the backs of ted lasso we get welcome to wrexham from ryan reynolds and rob McElhenney. and football's never been hotter in america i mean it's just it is i've i've been to several football games in recent times because of this interest like the philadelphia Mm -hmm. union i went to that chelsea scrimmage that was here exhibition whatever you want to call it like it was it's it's a good time it's a good game So I still like to watch sports ball from afar. And by that, I mean, I'm a big Ted Lasso fan. I watch Welcome (laughs) to Wrexham. And I know what a soccer ball or football does. You know, those are my (laughs) connections. But this, I think, speaks to how good Ted Lasso is because I love Ted Lasso. I've watched it multiple times. Right. And like, Mm. you don't have to be a fan of football or sports to enjoy it there's a lot that's really good to ted lasso and i think what's brought all of us to ted lasso right in some way or another is both that but also like this uh will and i talk about this a lot like the the way they they do characters the way they do character arcs in the show the way Mm. uh characters interact with each other it's it's as will would call it and does not anymore after a slight incident in uh our slack channels uh some would call it a wholesome if you would um, but maybe don't tell parents that 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 is the thing we discovered you don't do. Um, I told someone it's it's wholesome, so they want to sit down and watch it with their kids. And I was like, huh. Yeah, oh, they're like, this is not yeah. wholesome. That's, it's like, not, oh. that, not that yeah. kind of wholesome. Yeah, it's not that kind of wholesome. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but what I love about this this uh, show is you have all these characters, and they start somewhere. And I've, I've commented about this several times in the series. I'll keep doing it. <laughs> they start somewhere. And they end up in a different place. They end up learning a lot of them learning some learning several things. And you really, I think, see clear pictures of definitely oh well just written that way. So that's why it works out well. But character development, where you see characters changing and transforming. And to a certain extent, I think why some of us gravitate towards this is like, oh, we see growth in these characters, right? And we see people doing positive things genuine things with each other and i think we look at that we go we kind of wish that's how people would act in the world right we wish that people would do this and i think in education Mm -hmm. that's what spawned us to do the series it's like there's a little bit of like this oh there's some teaching and stuff that happens here that we wish would happen and so we're talking about roy Mm -hmm. right your favorite character i think if i had to how we kind of started all these conversations i think it's helpful to get us going is give my my hot take on the encompassing kind of character arc of this character and kind of what we think about. What I find most interesting about Roy, I think it's fair to say, is that you come into this, Roy is the classic kind of like uber skeptical kind of uh, the the hardball character, the one who's not going to relent, the one who thinks it's ridiculous that this guy is here, uh, is not in for all the team building stuff that Ted does, uh, is, is very kind of hardened if you will, right mm-hmm. in this area. And it's interesting. Ted goes right for Roy, 
um in yeah. his focus on Roy. Like it's yeah. very like if anybody's overtly targeted in season one, it's Roy. Like that's like the, the, there, there's that clarity. But then Roy has this interesting turnaround. We see that there's a lot of, I think, uh self-worth issues underneath that that hardening. We see a lot of like history to what's caused him to be that way. And then we see at the same time behind that exterior is somebody who can actually care and ends up becoming the teacher themselves i think if anybody roy is the is the character in the show who starts off not for what ted lasso is doing and ends up joking at the end that like what have you done to me he's like laughing and like crying yes. at like romance movies right is is that fair uh, to say that that would be kind of roy's roy's arc yeah i think that's what draws has drew me to him other than the fact that when they first introduce him He's a former Chelsea legend. So I was like, I don't care anything else about this character. I'm, I'm in, <laughs> um, you know, he's my boy. And he's he's definitely like loosely based, perhaps even off Roy Keane, uh, there's, there's, which, who wasn't a Chelsea player. But uh, there's this kind of gruff. There's this, there was a certain era of footballer, um, you know, when back when, you know, before things tightened down in the modern era and we went in with our tackles with two feet and studs sticking up and, you know, we were going to break somebody's <laughs> leg when we went in. It was like, you know, real man's man. Um, Gladiator he, yeah, football. The, it yeah. was yes, it was brutal, but that, I think his his character arc is so profound, um, and I think you summed it up well. That's you know uh, my first the way I'd kind of thought of it is almost thinking of him. He is a teacher. He is a, an amazing coach. I think we see uh, unfold. Uh, looking forward to talking about that. But he's also I think of some of my students who were my problems um, when I was a K twelve teacher. Um, not as much the behavioral issues we have in higher ed um, compared to K twelve, right? But like. Sometimes those are the ones, the ones that give you the most issues that can really make the most profound change and become some of your leaders in the classroom. I have names and faces that come to mind of my former students who were just a headache. It's, you know, at times they just gave me so much grief and they are incredible humans now. Um, and so I, I get really excited about a story like this. And uh, that's part of why I think he's such a compelling character. And yeah, in, in the scope yeah. of the, especially over all the seasons. Yeah. One of the comparisons that makes him stand out so much, and it's and it's it's uh, intentional. I think he wears black. He is all black. He is he is the epitome of darkness and 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 hardness and whatever. Right. Um, when you think about Rebecca and the journey she goes through, Nate and the journey he goes through, these other these are other characters we're focused on. Even Ted and what he goes through. That's what our series is going to focus on. Each of those characters, but but. Jamie Tart, Isaac, Sam Abasanya, they all have an arc. They all improve. But Roy is so glaringly obvious. He's so like in your face. He's he's I think he might be the most character, uh, uh, the most likely to be like a caricature as opposed to like a human character. It's like no Roy would exist. Maybe, maybe. But like it's so ridiculous, it's so gruff. Um that the transformation is that much more beautiful. Season three, episode 11, mm. there's a moment where he's in the um, cleat room, the boot room with uh, Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart is having a full on meltdown and Jamie just runs into his arms, <laughs> crying on him. And, and Roy's just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but he takes what do it. Do with yeah. this? He takes it. He handles it. Yeah. And then Will, the kit man opens the door and Roy goes, and and uh, I forget what Will says, but Roy goes, "You missed a good one." And and Roy and and Will in the background yeah. goes, "Shoot!" 
darn and he, yeah. and he walks off <laughs> that's that's that isn't a moment enough i mean season three episode 11 there's one more episode in the series he is mm. ted not ted but he has been tedified he is mm. <laughs> willing to take that warm moment that comforting moment and be something he would have punched jamie in the gut in season one if yes. jamie had done that that's that's the the circuit of of roy across the seasons mm. well he's he's it almost he's one of those characters you're like this this character the other ones maybe could have capacity for change there's clearly this seed of goodness in them or something like that roy no no he's always going to be roy we can count on that and and he and yeah changes and yeah and who doesn't just love shouting oi uh everywhere <laughs> all the time oi. i think that's just a bit maybe what drew drew him as well um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I just think this idea that um, he's he's dealing with one of the first things I thought was obviously you come across Roy early on and he's, yeah, he's this tough guy. He's always it's 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 over the top. The amount of black right. he wears, the right. standard he holds other players to himself, just completely unrealistic. Um, and and yet, um, underneath the surface, typically people who are like that. There's a, there's a good reason for it. There's reasons why they're... And, and so I was really excited that they were able to develop and say, hey, you were this legendary player at <clears throat> the biggest club in England, some would say. Um, the only team in London with a European Cup, you can say. Um, and and so he comes from that to lowly Richmond's and the, the, the taking on of humility, whether you want it to or not, is thrust upon him, right? And right. Um, that's a really difficult... I mean, it totally is understandable why he would be in this and, and dealing with injury, um, lack of ability. We see this with a lot of professional sports players. Some of them struggle with the mental health side when they lose that athletic capacity because that's what they've kind of found their identity in. Um, yes, yeah, so I think it's it's a it's a early on you kind of wonder, wow, this guy's really gruff. They just they had to have a character like this. They had to have the their version of whatever, right? The grouch guy, and so. But it's like, no, there's they they I'm really glad the show developed this this story for him. Um yeah. because then once you know that background, you can work from there forward. Some yeah. some notable Roy lines that that demonstrate the gruffness are uh Oi. Uh <laughs> his scene as you know, um Oscar the Grouch in Ice, you know, that that yes. moment. Um you know, Gaffer's got the water pressure fixed. Like there's, there's just so many little isms where he shows up and he's, he's just got like a little edge to him. He's not mm. even the sadness, the depression after a loss sitting in the ice bath. Like he's not, um, mm. he's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to be like an, a, a pain in anybody's butt necessarily. He just is. And these are, he just always has this yeah. edge to him around everybody. So we know students who are like that, who make it hard to want to teach them. I can think of friends and, and real people in, in the world around me who make it hard to want to, to be with them. And yet, um, like you said, Ted puts a laser focus on Roy and says, that's mm. the, that's the first domino and the Trent Krim in exchange, right? Giving him the book. What you want me to be this little girl to lead? He, I'd like you to be. He's he just stays consistently there for Roy, picks mm. away, chips away at, at his rough exterior. And there's no better meme than season three where he's sitting there in the tie dye shirt from his niece, waving and smiling at her like that yes. is that is what we can accomplish with folks if we mm. like Ted are persistent with him. But but even Roy takes some effort himself 
He eventually gets to the right. point where he's tries to be honest with Keeley. He wants to take that relationship seriously. He wants to change himself in some ways. And I think there's a message there of that, you know, we've we've talked through a few different characters already, Josh and I in in real time. You haven't heard them yet, but some of these characters, it's it's a lot about what happened around them or happened as a result of other mm-hmm. characters. I think Ted picks Roy because he like because that domino point he ends up being the one that starts to change because he starts to take that action for himself. He's at the end of his rope, the end of his career. He doesn't know what to do. He's faced with this existential crisis. And that is going to be a great Phoenix moment. Um, he's going to become reborn, be, be a new person. Are there any, are there any highlights for you, Justin, in that rebirth that you think kind of like, like we see him go down. He, he has to retire coming up out of that, that, that would teach us something about the classroom. Yeah, I mean, my I think part of it uh, goes to change is not overnight, um, and yeah. we 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 watched this over three seasons. Um, this is true for our learners. Um, I, I try to tell my 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 students, my education students, um, many of them become teachers. What's one of the first things we ask people when they want to become teachers? They say, "Well, I want to impact students." They talk in some sort of terms of of like impacting the world or some wonderful grand vision, and those are great things. But I have to tell my students, you may not. Um, you know, will you be content with, with a slow patient, almost generational work because even just learn, if we're just talking learning, we're not even talking about these bigger, like personal development things that we all hope to see learning itself is such a difficult thing to tack down. And, uh, the the way memory works, right. So like there's this long vision of, will you be content and even energized in planting seeds that you may not get to see harvest come to harvest. Um, and we get to see that over three seasons. Yeah. But I think for teachers, we have to slow down again a bit, and our, our 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 screens, our phones are always maybe communicating this this idea to us that change can happen quick and immediate because I have all the knowledge in the world in my hands, right? Um, that urgency. Um, there's a there's a high urgency to that, right? Yeah, yeah, that ur- an urgency that I don't think is is great for us as humans. Um, and so being slow is a good thing, you know, and, 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 uh, I know, especially in higher ed, that's not an, a, a popular, you know, we want to, uh, the, the current modus operandi, whether <laughs> our faculty like it or not is move fast and break things. Um, and I would contend that's not great for education. Um, maybe early Roy. It worked great for Silicon Wars. Valley. You know, things are going <laughs> great over it's there. It's work, work <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think for me, one of the early things I think of is that change takes time. Um, and it's I think the, the show does a good job because uh, it wouldn't be realistic if you made this big jump that we see at the end. Right, There's right. these like small tweaks, there's backward movement. Um, you know, it's, it's struggling with identity. It's struggling with, um, I mean, moving from like, moving to become a coach just there and he's a good coach uh, to becoming someone who's like a relationally attentive like friend. Um mm. That's, I I just think it's it's some it's he's willing to take new risks. He even wears tie dye, you know, um, <laughs> with his black jeans, you know. Um, yeah, yeah so I it's just okay. gotta have the jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Come he needs now. to yeah. look cool, you know. You know, you gotta yeah. have a good vibe. Yeah, the man has standards. Exactly. I think what's interesting is the time thing that you're talking about, right? Is that like because I think this is important. This has come up is gonna or will come up. Uh, in the future of this series. I don't know if it's come up yet. Um, we're time travelers, folks. We're just, woo-hoo. we're all over. Josh will have been everywhere. Uh, the, the, it's come up though, because I, I think you're right, right? We have this idea 
and it isn't just in teaching. I mean, it happens all over the place, right? Like in, in very much with like my generation, the millennial generation, like was known one of their stereotypes being like, we want to make a difference in the work. And there's nothing wrong with that for coming in education. But I think the reason you get a lot of burnt out and um, disillusioned teachers is <laughs> you come in with this perspective right? Yeah. That you're going to do this. And then that's not what happens, right? You you realize teaching is also this administrative thing you have to do. And you've got this person asking you this question. And then it's just hard enough getting the student to engage with the thing that you're doing. We've all had those moments where you plan out that lesson and you're like, this is going to be amazing. And you walk into the classroom mm. and you do it. And you're like, that sucked. That didn't go at all like I planned. Yeah. Um, right. And like, I, there, I think there is something to this that we have to keep reminding ourselves that like um, change doesn't happen overnight and and we will only end up being a small part of that sometimes or um, all we can do is try to be consistent in what we do for our students and, and not push them beyond too far where they're at. The interesting thing about Ted interacting with Roy, right, is like to your point he doesn't come in right and just like push roy into this right he he gives them little clues he puts them into situations he eventually gets them there but when he sees that he's ready that's when you start to see roy come around and even roy becoming a coach it's not like roy left and ted forced him back into coaching sure he kept trying to get him to kind of come back in and we have some of that interaction but at the end of the day he kind of let him come on his own right yeah and I think literally that's, uh, running there, you had literally me a running coach. there, right? And I think sometimes we as teachers could take mm. lessons from that to have patience in that area and not force our students too fast, not try to push our students and be disappointed. Like we want to push our students, right? But we, I think, sometimes can get overzealous, right? And we we end up making them feel mm. worse because we're trying to get them somewhere that they're not ready to be at yet. Is I don't know. Does that make sense? Does that does that line up with what maybe you've seen? Yeah, but that's, I think, what Ted does so well, so artfully, is he nudges people, right. uh, the, the cookies, right? The, the what, I mean, pick your your thing that he's working on with different characters. He, it's just these slight nudges. He's watching. He's suggesting. Um, and, and that's what I think is, is a really powerful uh, piece. I mean, I think of um, this kind of incremental change um, where he's just kind of pointing it out. Hey, did you notice this? Did you notice this? Um, and there are pushing moments, like for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, from a teaching perspective too, I was just, um, I think just, to, I've been reading a lot lately on uh, the development of expertise and what does that look like in pedagogy? Um, and uh, one book I highly recommend, uh, just really enjoying it, um, by Peps McRae, one of his high impact book series, nice little short volume, um, called Developing Expert Teaching, uh, you know just direct to the, to the point, but he does such a good job of writing the succinct chapters for teachers. But one of the things that I'm kind of thinking about a lot as I read that is that the development of expertise is not a linear path. Just because I've been in the classroom, this is my 16th year in the classroom, no guarantee that I'm a good teacher, right? It's, mm. it's a, it, there's plateaus, there are these, there's backward moments. Um, literally today, and it probably had something to do with the fact that it's the day before break. I had an afternoon class. Um Ooh. But I went over my plan. I've taught this lesson before. Looked at it. I'm like, yep, good plan. Remember to do this, Justin. Remember to do this. And I, I go and teach it. And afterwards, I was, I looked back. I was like, that was not good. Like I could have, you know, by by the standard, at least I hold for myself. I'll, I'll, I'll call that out and be like, I'm, I can hold myself to a pretty high standard internally. Um, 
yeah, that, that should have been way better. I should have spotted this. I should have anticipated this beforehand. Um, and there are also factors outside of my control, right? Um, but like that was just today in 16th year in the classroom, just because I'm there doesn't mean it's a guarantee. Right. And I think the key is helping people and Ted does as well along the way spot that something's happening. This is a good thing. Check it out. You know, um, this is why I love ungrading. You center that feedback loop and you center um, student opportunities for reflection. Um, I'm planning this course in the spring where it's an upper level course and I, I can do a little more of the ungrading. I feel a little more freedom to uh, um, do all the fun things. Yeah, without them being too anxious about it because they know just, me by now. Don't bring any red string. Leave that creativity. Yeah, right. Yeah. A little too <laughs> much. Don't, yeah, don't learn that lesson from Roy. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I can go that quite that far. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, maybe some lawsuits or something like that. Um, but, but uh, the idea. Uh, so just planning. Um, I was setting up uh conferences that are required. Uh, yep. twice a semester, each student meets one on one with me. And just thinking through well, what's a guide I can create for my students to help them reflect. What are mm -hmm. how can my assessments dovetail with that? Uh, with the things we do in class, they're constantly thinking about, you know, intellectual growth, but also uh, professional dispositions and character formation, things like that. Um, and that you're not going to get there overnight. This is going to take a while. So how can I how can I be a TED mm -hmm. and keep pointing them, keep nudging, keep pointing out how they're changing? And help them see it themselves yeah mm. so would you say because i was thinking of this as you were talking right trying to get practical for people right like some of the nudging is just like looking for where you see growth and helping them see that is that is that something you maybe say is like is a simple thing to think of yeah yeah i mean it's just it's narrative feedback you know it's that um uh the idea of like not only identifying here's what worked really well but here's Here's moving forward. Hey, you got that A, um, or you 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 exceeded my expectations. I mean, you did this really great job. Here's why, and here's how you can actually stretch it to the next level. Mm. It's um, if I can make another British reference, um, uh, British Great British Bake Off, right? Um, Paul Hollywood, the way he gives feedback is excellent. He's identifying what went wrong, but also what they could do in the future. That kind of future orientation mm. is is a brilliant. I, I just think, and our and our words are powerful. Um, yeah. as, as Ted off the models for us. And as Roy learns, as he starts to actually say words other than oi or grunts, <laughs> um, the whole suite of, uh, yeah, you have a whole yeah, soundboard whole, going. Like the different whole, like, grunts. There, there is a vocabulary you can use, Roy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, one, one of those explicit moments we get with Roy, because there's some, he gets to training Jamie in season three. We see some like hands-on, very tactical stuff, but but he admits even several times he's not the tactician. He's not the strat strategic guy. Like he can push them to be physically better, but he's not playing the field necessarily. Isaac in season two, when, when Ted calls him in to try and mentor Isaac, one of those moments that I think Roy demonstrates what you guys are talking to is he doesn't just like, go head to head with Isaac. He doesn't take Isaac out and try and show him the best technique. He doesn't sit him down with the uh, video clips and like, Oh, this is the best captain. Yet. He takes him to the field and he says, play. And he, he gets him mm -hmm. out of his funk by getting him into something that's positive. He just, he just, mm -hmm. he knows that that's worked for him. He reads Isaac the right way. And he puts Isaac into something that will work, you know? And I think that's one of those things we can do with our students there's there's some efforts that need to go into it to get a good sense of our students entrance exit tickets 
you know, icebreakers, like the social part of learning, that's very important. Once we have a sense for that, though, we 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 need to take advantage of it. You know, I'm, I'm trying to kind of thinking of like teaching here. We're seeing it in these characters. We're seeing the opportunity for teaching in these characters. But when you compare teaching as a skill to carving a table or making a table, there's very even even hand doing it by hand, not using machines, even doing it by hand. There's like repeatable, consistent practices the each piece of wood will be different but you have to sand it you have to cut the green a certain way you have to do certain things every time you cut a piece of wood and you you can get better and better and nearly perfect it that's what ron swanson is he's just perfect with wood um just bring all the tv media into this but I it's, like, it's, we, like it's a helpful connection yes bring but what we together. don't get with a student is they're they're like the wood each piece of wood is different but you can't you can't bring the same technique to every student. It's it's not going to work. You have to you have to plane a piece of wood. You can't plane every student. And I've I've found that where in martial arts instruction, I've found students who respond well to sorry you did something wrong. You broke a protocol. You broke a regimen. You you broke etiquette. Twenty push-ups. That is a reinforcement, a negative reinforcement. No, a positive punishment that will help them know not to act that way behaviorally in the future. And yet I've met students that literally that puts them crying on the ground in a puddle, useless. They're not, it's not teaching them anything. Some students mm. are receptive to that behavioralist approach and some aren't. And, and you have to be able to read the student to find the best way to reach them with that. Mm. This is all extending from Roy did it with Isaac. Um, we need to be sensitive to that with our students. You know, you might've, you might have done well today, dude, and and maybe your students didn't react to it. I mean, there's a fairness to to teachers and learners, oh, right? For sure. You may have brought the best game, sure. and the students just weren't in it. Yeah, it happens both ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, um, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was just gonna say this is very true. It, it depends on the environment where you're at, the the situation. Like, you could do the best you could, and depending on the scenario, you know, like your your scenario, Justin, you're competing with Turkey. So, like, at the end of the day, you're... You lose. <laughs> you lose. Right. Um, sometimes, you know. Uh, Turkey but, yeah, and I'm not offended by that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's the difficulty in teaching, right? Is trying to be able to recognize those scenarios and, and keep an eye on those areas. I think so often we hyper-focus on teaching on how well do you communicate ideas. But if I've been learning anything, it's more mm. with teaching. It's more about, like, how good are you at adapting to what's happening and, and recognizing yes. where a student is, right? That's that's the harder part of teaching. Um, mm. It's like trying to see where those students are at and adapt to that. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be everything for every student. It just, it does mean like we we have to slow down a bit and, and try to recognize where our students are at. Um, I think that's the part I find the toughest right now is trying to figure out how to do that, right? And do that well. It's a good point to pace though, right? We already, the, Justin's already brought that forward for us about slowing down, setting that pace. Like, I think you're yeah. right. If we, if we take a breath more often, we might notice those things easier without having mm -hmm. to be some game or some big thing. Mm -hmm. We could just, just notice it. Um, Roy's able to, the way he deals with Jamie Tart is different than he deals with some of the other guys, right? Um, it's come a long time with Jamie for a number of reasons, right? Um, <laughs> you know, but like, I, I love Roy's appeal to rediscover the why the reason why you play the game 
And he, he can do that in a way that nobody can, in a way that Ted can't, because Roy has now reached the sunset of his career. He's been there. He's done that. Um, the why is so like he, he really understands that because now it's gone in, in some way for him by the time he gets to season three. And so in a similar way, as, as teachers, I think we're like, we are the, their expertise matters. We've, we've also been there before. So we're trying to uh, welcome our fellow travelers along the way and say, hey, look, I've been here before. Watch out for this. Look for this. Notice this. Look over here, this beautiful view over here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm mixing metaphors around, but um, uh, <laughs> but I think this idea of, of adapting proactively, but also welcoming others along a journey you've trod before them is a, is a really profound one that Roy steps into. And it really, yeah, it's really neat. Not that he doesn't do new things too. I think he also does. He he try he takes risks. He tries new things as well. Like the red mm-hmm. thread. Um, <laughs> you just oh, had to say that in. He just he couldn't just let it go the first time. It had to be the second time. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's so black. He's so dark in the beginning that it's it's just stark. The change is stark by the third season. Some of them, I think, are dealing with like shades of gray. He it feels like he goes from black to white that he has changed so significantly as a person. Um, I don't know. I I just I love him. He he brings me joy even in his roughest moments, and uh, he he sets the pace for many episodes. Or or he or he disrupts it. He'll show up and you know somebody something's going on in an episode. And he just shows up and he changes the pace. Like oh, oh Roy's here. Oh, oh crap. <laughs> A very simple quick example like the moment where he's angry he runs in he's angry and he turns to nate and nate hits the window like that moment changes the whole episode changes the pace <laughs> of the episode and right, and it shows right. something of nate it shows something of roy they have a oh good lad you know he just good he's got you you know i just love him yeah, he's a great um, character yeah i any 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 rap thoughts anything that we have missed on roy i think he's just I perfect. I think the last thing I would add is even in season one, but definitely progressively, he opens up and is willing to take risks and try new things. Even for yeah. someone mm. who's been at it for a long time, he tries yeah. punditry. Doesn't go that well for him. It's very entertaining. <laughs> um, you know, but moving on to literally trying to ride a bike. That's one of my favorite oh, scenes in the entire gosh. show of, of yeah. learning how to ride a bike. I mean, how, how precious is it to yep. see two adult males like this is this is uh this wouldn't happen let alone in a tv show and like it, we rare yep. to find this in real life yeah um and just talk about coming full circle but trying trying new things that don't even they don't, there's not a practical use necessarily that he's gaining from this not a professional milestone he's gaining or something it's learning how to ride a bike because you couldn't do this when you were a kid yeah um, i love that that is beautiful Oh, 100%. It gets to what you've been here and talked about before. And I know we've talked about before, like in education in itself to this, we have to create an environment and look to foster this playful dynamic, this, this willing to take risks, this willing to jump out and do things. I think one of the, the difficulties in past some past educational models and even stuff that probably each of us have experienced, especially at the higher ed level is this lack of risk, like this, this lack of freedom oh. to risk, this fear yeah. of if I risk too much in this class, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a low grade. I'm not gonna pass the class. I have to be careful about what I say and how I do it. 
And like, I think we should be striving for the opposite of that to foster an environment where students feel free to say certain things. Um, yes, yeah, certain things they say, we might nicely shut down. We're like, maybe it's not appropriate to be racist uh, right now, but like, or at all. Um, but like, the, like, agreed. You know, agreed. We yes. can all get behind that. That I should not, no freedom yes. for that. But we should. <laughs> We should foster an environment where there, I, I just see too often students who that's reinforced the opposite for them with instructors, where if they say something that an instructor doesn't agree with, you know, it, you can see that instructor just slowly change their perspective of that student. Um, like I, that's this for me, like the thing I have to keep reminding myself and try to foster myself is that like when we're, when I'm teaching students, how am I reacting when they say certain things? And am I, is this reaction encouraging them to keep doing this, to keep experimenting, to keep asking questions, to keep doing things um, that are outside of their comfort zone? Because ultimately we know that that's going to, whatever that is, is going to end up helping them learn more than anything else is that experimenting and, and kind of pushing out of the zone, um, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good take. Yeah. That's, that's really helpful. Yeah. And the idea of that gets back to the unhurriedness of all of this and that there are systems within which we work that rush us and rush students. When you're rushed, you're not taking risks. You do it safe. You do what it takes to get it done. Um, and, and so um, I, one of my favorite quotes on play is, is uh, Norgard puts it, it's a, it's a play is a sense for what matters. Um, mm. And uh, I, I've had a student that comes to mind who will be the first to tell you he doesn't always and maybe more than just not always doesn't always turn things in on time when he <laughs> turns them in um when he turns them in they are brilliant um but he's doing it for the love of it it is a really fascinating we've had a lot of conversations about this it's mm, one of my that's interesting yeah uh, and, and he just and, and and he's like i do it for the love of this i'm taking risks i'm trying new things and the end product is amazing. Um, I've never minded when he turns in something late. I'm like, it's always worth the wait. Um, and so, uh, but there's a problem because we can easily shut that down and say, oh, well, my, my syllabus policy says X, Y, or Z, or, um, mm -hmm. you know, we gotta, we gotta keep going. We gotta keep going. Um, and I, yeah, I think we can unwittingly form our students toward that anxiety, uh, that avoidance of risk-taking uh, when we continue to rush them through. And so we have to model it for them. Like, you know what? Ah, I haven't tried this but I'm going to try it with you all today. Give me feedback. Let me know how I'm doing. Um, we're doing a, a, a faculty reading group. I'm leading a faculty reading group on campus and reading a book where the professor models some really cool um, uh, suggestions. And he literally asks his students, what, what's working well in my teaching and what's not? Apart from his student wow. evals. And that is a scary and vulnerable Oof, place to yeah. be. Um, I've tried it a couple of times and it is terrifying. And they'll generally tell you, and you can take it with a grain of salt but they often have some insight and oh yeah. that is scary um yeah. they don't know the pedagogical I, yeah. terms but they know when you mess up or they know when it's not yeah. working you know they can't yeah. tell you who yeah. why and when but it's like eh, oh, that, we, that yeah. didn't hit everyone in the room knows like we've all had those moments <laughs> i've had that this semester right i there's a couple classes in my head that like i i left the room and i go that didn't work and every single one of them knows it also didn't work. Like they all have that look on their yeah. face and you're like, we all have collectively agreed to acknowledge that today probably shouldn't happen again. If we can try, like that's the, like... <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Absolutely. Mm. 
Well, well, Justin, as always, oh, wow, we're on the same page. Look at us. Look at us doing our thing. Uh, we didn't even talk was... about that. <laughs> we didn't even pick each other and say we need to shut Justin down. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I've ne- I, I, For the record, never once have we sent that sentence. Oh, Other no. Things, never, never once never. that. Like, close. Uh, that, relatives, but, you know, never, never that sentence. <laughs> um, <laughs> we... Uh, anyway, um, is, this has been great, and there's a lot we could keep digging into Roy, and it's it always surprises me how much in Ted Lasso, like as much as we joke about the series being like it can't just be about Ted Lasso, we have to bring it back to education. How much there is to to come back, and in similar themes, I'm noticing, you know, now this is the second episode, and Will and I have the entire season under our belt. Um, we're, we're noticing some common themes. So those listening. You're in for a ride. There's going to be some themes that keep showing up. And I think it's just natural out of mm. the episode. But with that said, we, we do have to transition to the more practical, technical world, if you will, you know, and uh, and take a measure, you know, if you will, Justin, mm. of uh, what what apps you might be interested in, what on your meter of success yeah. might you be finding with some apps? uh you know that's that's kind of that's what we're oh, huh. what do you what do you got for us man transition i feel like <laughs> i feel like you're coaching me towards uh, a particular choice and and you know hey as we think of roy kent what uh what's one of those things he does in his coaching he's making formative assessments all the time he's not just throwing information and hoping later in the game he finds out what happens Oof. and and you know that kind of reminds me of when I'm teaching and I need to take these kind of consistent formative assessments of my students and especially ones that give me a glimpse of every student and you know, those total participation techniques, uh, which EdTech can help us do uh, pretty well sometimes. So a tool that I've recently started using is Mentimeter. Um, and I've really loved it. There are other tools That's like awesome. it, but the visuals, I, I have really, it's just a beautiful tool. And I, I aesthetics matter, you know, and, um, there's good data, but there's the, the visuals that pair with it are nice. And, yeah. uh, and, and I, and it's very easy to easier than other tools I found to invite your learners and the QR code automatically pops up and it's there in the corner. Mm-hmm. Always other tools that shall not be named. You have to go make <laughs> sure you click the right thing, bring it up. Metsmeter just does it. And I'm like, Oh, this is fantastic. So I used it today in class. And yeah, I'm liking it so far. Don't come at me like that. Don't come at we're, me. We're like laughing, that. Just, just listeners, it. because Justin pre the episode, if it wasn't clear, we already knew what the app was. You know, I know the transition was so smooth that you were like, they like must butter. have not known. Um, but Justin has a hot take on what Mentimeter is better than. We're not going to share it in the episode um, because you know we, we're not going to be that way. But uh, we will say that Will Will has some feelings about the hot take. Um, and uh, I'm not sure it's exactly the I'm same. I'm just a faithful guy, right? Like when I yeah. when I come across something that worked and works, I'm faithful huh. to it. Justin likes to flit about from tool to tool and just what? No. try them all. But that's not well, just what would Ted Lasso Harvard? say about this. Would, would, <laughs> would I think Ted Lasso might might bake you his own app uh, and deliver them <laughs> on? A, I, 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 it's too late for me to start going off riffing on that, but well, I, yeah, I was I, I was also about to try and like I love alliteration, so like you know that's biscuits with the boss. I was about to start to try and come up with like apps with something, and then I stopped. I was like, oh nope, that's I can't say that on the podcast, so we'll just leave that one alone. Let's let's think about your app. What if your app is the black T-shirt, the <laughs> app that should not be named, and Mentimeter is the tie dye? I'm just saying. 
<laughs> I think that works. I think that works. I, there's 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 some truth in that. Yeah, um, Folks, some um, some good some good little tips uh, and and insights on Mentimeter. I I've used it before. Uh, this is not its debut for the podcast. It debuted with us on episode sixty one. Go ahead and give a good listen. That'll give you the full set of details on it. Yeah. Uh, but it is does have a free. It's a freemium software. It is available to you for fifty participants per month. Word clouds, polls, quizzes, slides, and much more. So it's one of those things that if you're trying to use it for free, you could use it like a couple times a month. Um, if you've got a small class, once. If you've got a huge class, zero times. If you have 100 students. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say two classes, that takes my current class out. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same. Basic is pretty cheap. It's not the cheapest ed tech I've seen before, but I agree with Justin. One of the things of the app that shall not be named is that it has a certain visual aesthetic that some folks do not like. I have used tons of apps with this kind of visual aesthetic. That visual aesthetic is elementary. Uh, they work, dang it. <laughs> yeah. But Mentimeter uh, is uh, beautiful. It has yeah. a really good um, visual visual design. And and like like you're saying, Josh, uh, wow, one of you J names, Justin, <laughs> it's enough to get that formative feedback. Just put, get it up there, done, get something, get out. Like you don't have to make a whole thing of it. Do you know, Justin, can you put in slides if you wanted to? Yeah, yeah I'm seeing yeah, import slides, yeah. yeah. So you yeah. could go the whole nine. You could you could build your whole presentation around it or you could just ask a right. single question and get that, that formative feedback right off the bat. Not too much more detail than that unless there's things you'd like to add, of course. But like, again, we did episode 61. We did a deep dive on this one. Love it. It's useful. Yeah. It's got a free app. Give it a shot. Exactly. Cool. Anything else on that Mentimeter? You, you you just tried it, yeah, and it was again easy. Yeah, um, I was at a conference where they used it uh, virtually, and it was phenomenal in that setting. Cool. So for remote learning in particular, and again, it's more of the vein of like a Nearpod or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, and so I used it in the more quick formative check today. That's cool. Um, tangent fourth wall. Uh, these earphones are new. If you tap them, it will hit uh, pause. It'll hit play. And if you recall from prep, uh, folks, we were talking about the 10 hours of Nick Offerman's Yule Log, where he sits in front of a fire and does whatever. A minute and a half ago, I hit these by accident and it hit play and I didn't know it. And I've just been listening to this like crack. I've, I've heard like, like where's this going? I've heard, I've heard something around me while y'all been, I'm like, what is happening to me? Well, ambiance. It's it's literally we should, just we should have that. You know, behind. a Yule log for Christmas season on the rest of the podcast. You know, yeah. Well, we uh, we yeah. can't do that one to be copyright infringement. So we'd have to like get AI to make yeah, us well, one or something. We'd be fine. But... I'd you know I'd get a little. Okay. I could could get an AI Yule log. It would be like Ted Lasso Yule log. Yeah, maybe you never know. It'd be good. Yeah. So, so for the first time, we know what is going on inside Will's head. It is a U-log. <laughs> right. And that's it. Frankly, guys, that's, that's all that's going that's on. Up there. Just in case you've ever wondered. Crackle, crackle. In case you've ever wondered. It's not, a, <sighs> it's not a mouse running around a wheel. It is a U-log with Nick Offerman from the... <laughs> Could be worse. Yeah. Uh, all right, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us, being a part of the Ted Lasso series, bringing your eight to the table helping yeah. us dig deep into this anything else i think we're good to go yeah we're good yeah. we'll wrap this episode yeah. up in just a second me and josh as always thank you folks
Oh, buddy. Okay. There is so much that's happened during that episode. Justin, um, Justin. Every Justin. time, like Justin just is hammering out the stuff. He's pulling out authors. That he he like elevates us. Um yeah. some some folks they come and they they bring us like this one big golden nugget. Justin just back in the, he's in the backfield just like throwing golden nuggets. Really, at us. my big question for Justin always is is like, how do you read so much? <laughs> yes. Like how do you where does he get it all? Where is he? Where what? Um yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I think the thing I'm picking up with the the series and talking to Justin, right, is that we're going to be getting some repeated themes in yeah. this, this series, which I don't know why it surprises me. You know, it's these repeated themes in Ted Lasso, but um, there's this intentionality. There's this focus. There's this slowing down concept that we see throughout the show of Ted Lasso. And I think that, that reminds us of what we can do in education and into what Justin is talking about, kind of the slowing down playfulness. And also I think just recognition of our own limits as teachers and what we can do and the small pieces we can take. Like my, one of my big takeaways was that kind of like, okay, one of the small things I can do is just slow down enough to recognize when students are having a moment of learning and identify that, right. And lean into that or see an opportunity for learning, right. That teaching is more about, looking and finding the opportunities than it is about uh pontificating if you will uh information uh and uh communicating it's more about finding those moments and leveraging them well and learning how to do that as a teacher and also foster those environment like an environment that will to foster those moments right i think is, is yeah. a part of it yeah yeah i mean if you're going too fast on the highway you're gonna miss your exit you know you gotta yeah. you gotta go the well, that's right what speed you <laughs> that's you know Josh, I prefer not to flip my vehicles. I don't know about yeah. you. Whoa, but, yeah. that's a little personal. First of all, oh, there was oh. no exit near the flip. <laughs> okay. Um, if that was an exit, I would have hit it like a champ. I would have been <laughs> down that exit. With the front, back, top, and bottom of your vehicle. <laughs> the whole car would have made it there. That's the important part. Um <laughs> thankfully yeah. you did too my friend yes, uh, exactly. but you know, I, I i agree with you those those takeaways about slowing down about the intentionality super important and i don't know i think there's something that justin always gets back to this this is a, this is an idea he and i uh, came into contact with within the first year or two of um knowing each other about small teaching and james lang and some of those those principles of just trying trying to find the little thing it doesn't have to be revolutionary he did talk about ungrading in this conversation. Ungrading is pretty revolutionary, but he did also just talk about like giving the student who is good at doing the work, but tardy on getting it done on time, time to do it. That is a practice. Yeah. That is something you can take on as a teacher to be more accommodating to your students. And, and it's one little thing, just give them more time. You don't have mm-hmm. to change your entire classroom. You don't even have to change your syllabus. You can just give that one student the extension. It's, it's that's acceptable it's not the yeah. end of the world yeah so. unless that student is planning out how to save the world then, then it might they be. must get it done on time yeah like i don't know what environment that assignment would be the assignment you're giving but like if that's your assignment if you're listening to this right now and you're like it's some secret government teaching environment and your student is trying to solve the problem that stops the meteor from destroying our country okay 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 okay. you shouldn't give them an extension allow them to figure that out within the time that we need them to that's 
There we go. My small plug for the class that totally exists. On that note, next week on the High Tech Podcast, we dive into the deep, dark secrets of the CIA teaching people. No, I'm just joking. Um, we, <laughs> we, I don't know. I got okay. like, into this like weird meteor thing. It's a thing I did. Um, no, next week uh, on episode 128 of the High Tech Podcast, we continue the Ted Lasso Goes to College series. And we are joined by the one, the only robin s jeffers yes the one who spawned the taxonomy series um and really loves that we keep advertising it that way um (laughs) we she is joining us next week to talk about rebecca to talk about rebecca as a character from ted lasso and what we learn from her so we are super excited to hear that and the app she has to share with us next week on episode 128 of the high tech podcast again a reminder that you can find us on twitter and youtube at high tech podcast is our handle you can find us that way you can also email us inbox at hightechpod.us you have an idea you want to talk to the podcast you want to be on the podcast you want to share a fun gif you want to send a letter if you will um whatever you'd like you want to sponsor the podcast that's cool hey chelsea football club for instance yeah chelsea we know you're chomping at the bit send us an email at inbox at hightechpod.us you can get a hold (laughs) of us there also a reminder we have a website hightechpod.us all of our episodes have an episode page where we tell you more about the guests we give information about the apps that we share um and point you to fun little resources you are going to want to check this one out if you have not been to our website yet during the series because i'm not saying Will and I nailed the Ted Lasso series uh, graphic, but I'm pretty sure we did. And AI was involved. So you're going to want to check that out. So uh, that is on our website at hightechpod.us. Again, thank you for joining us for another week as we continue to look or continue to learn what it looks like to harness technology and Ted Lasso in the classroom, whether online or in person. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce.